every time you get a chance to witness this scene, you feel lucky. Nothing like it. Man, this is what it's all about. This is what college football is all about. I've, I've said this is the best scene in the country. Welcome back to Voidout Weekly on our seventh victory week of the season after that 28-0 win over Rutgers. But breaking news. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Cannonball! Hour, hour and a half before we started recording this, James motherfucking Franklin. Signed his decade deal with Penn State after speculation about him going to USC, him possibly going to LSU, the flight trackers, the QAnon folks of college football, people speculating everywhere. James Franklin is back. As we said last week, we weren't going to go pitchforking for James Franklin's head. We were all on it. Dave, how are you feeling? It's a lot to take in, man. I know we were talking a lot about uh you know kind of his status last week and you look at the obvious things it's this is great news for the recruiting class of 2022 which should be groundbreaking and should have enough talent it looks to be enough talent in there to hopefully take this team over the top Mm -hmm. it's also a long-haul commitment it's it's 10 years it's his second contract extension that he's received since he started here um, so it's the university kind of showing their commitment to him. And the obvious is last two years, you're 10 and nine. Does that warrant a 10 year deal? Um, the recruiting success has been really his main beneficiary. When you look at his resume and the ability to attract top talent, he's finally got the, hopefully knock on wood, the quarterback commit that he's been longing for with Drew Aller. Uh, now, uh, as of, you know, currently this week, still the number one quarterback in the nation. So he's got a lot going for him. It's just the on field success that has been the issue. Um, he's got his OC this year, uh, Mike Yurcich, which he's been longing for as well. So he's got all the pieces in place. He's got shit (laughs) 10 years now to fucking get it right. Uh, granted if the 10 and nine bullshit continues, over the next few years, I don't think he's going to see that 10-year deal come to fruition. Um, Completely agree. Completely agree. Some buyout clauses in there. But for me, ultimately, and I I feel the commentary back and forth from friends, family, strangers on Franklin and his status, he frustrates the hell out of me. But um, you you always look on – the grass isn't always green on the other side. I don't know that you can bring someone in right now to get us to a place where we truly want to be. And for me, I'm, I'm going to buy in and think that he's going to get us to where we need to be. And uh, hopefully the outlines of this deal uh, from not only from his, uh, you know, compensation standpoint, but also going feeding back into the program will help us. But I got, I got nothing else to do but to buy in 
and uh, you know, just hope that he can get here and hope that your with another year under his belt can continue to groom this offense with some more recruits coming in. But uh, that's kind of where we're at, man. And, you know, it's going to be 10 years. Yes. That's a long time, but we're going to see, a, we're going to see real quick here in the next two, three years, whether that, that 10 years is going to last or not. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm more of a James Franklin optimist when it comes down to it. I know you're a lot more skeptical of him. I just believe in his recruiting tactics from what all the players have said about him. They all love him. Complete locker room guy. They, they would go to war for him any day of the week. Yeah, he's a player's coach. Uh, player's coach. The biggest thing has been the coaches surrounding him. He's, he's not an X's and O's guy, clearly. Yeah. He needs competent assistance around him and the thing i've been hearing about this new deal so he's being paid uh 5.8 million this year i believe it'll go up to 7 million next year mm-hmm. with the new deal yep. in this structuring of his contract uh per 247 sports so take this with a grain of salt there should be an added bonus of plus one million dollars for assistant head coaching getting them on, getting the best of the best uh, head coaches up there. And if you look at the top six paid, this is from 2020, so they even had a cut that year because of COVID. The top uh, six paid coordinators, Steve Sarkeesian from Alabama, $2.5 million. Kevin Steele, D.C. from Auburn, $2.5 million. Brent Venables, D.C. Clemson, $2.4 million. Bo, Bo Pelini, defense coordinator LSU, 2.3. Mike Elko, defense coordinator Texas A&M, 2.1. And Todd Grantham, defense coordinator Florida, 1.8. And I think your chick was making 1.7 at Texas. So he was definitely high up there. But this added million-dollar salary bonus to our coaches, what we talked about last week, offensive line. Let's finally get some guys who can develop a defensive and offensive line that can maintain the trenches and look like an, an NFL team throughout the season. Give, give Wiley the full million. <laughs> that would be, the full million. I don't know. I don't know if you can overpay Wiley. You don't know what he's going to do with the money. You know, like he might be completely into football, but I think he has some other uh, vices out there. If you know what I mean? I think he'd use, he'd use it all on DoorDash. you'd be their number one customer for (laughs) the next five years um one last thing i wanted to say about what i've been hearing on 24 7 sports or 24 7 is um the lash upgrades the football facilities that was budgeted at 21 million dollars and apparently that's going to rise to 69 million dollars so i think the explosion of almost three x your cost on football facilities as well as franklin saying hey i'm gonna be here for the next decade like anybody who's signing here or recruiting here coming here is going to be with me if i don't suck um but i honestly think this this gives this class this current class the best chance to stay together and then hopefully we can get plenty more like it yeah, I think I think the the upgrades to the facilities will be huge. The lash building in particular. Uh, I think there was some other stuff in there um, that he was asking for. He's been asking for over the last couple of years, and 
in an effort to help bridge the gap between us and and an Ohio State. Um, So there's resources there. There's there's a lot that needs to be done on the field coaching wise to get us there. But, you know, here here it is. Penn State's laying it all out on the table. They say, hey, we're committing to you for the next decade. Uh, They said we're going to support student athlete housing, technology upgrades, lash building upgrades, like you mentioned name, image, and likeness, which has become a thing this year, uh, even more so uh, from a student-athlete standpoint. Tons of money being poured into this program. So it's it's kind of all the balls going back into Franklin's court here. It's uh, He's been asking for this. Penn State's ponying up the dough. Sandy Barber and Eric Barron are saying, here you go, here's a blank check. Here's our roadmap. And it's it's put up or shut up time. And like I said, two or three years, we're going to, they'll probably reevaluate this and see how it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have enough trust in this university that they're not going to let 10 years of mediocrity go by. Oh, I, 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 don't cer- think I certainly hope not. I certainly hope there's not. A, yeah. There's enough of that right now. And I think there's enough of a resume to go to put this deal out. I think it's still, it's still stretched 10 years, long time for 10 and nine in two years. You're not going to see that a lot of deals like that to a head coach who's gone 10 and nine in two seasons. Yeah. So it's a big commitment, but it's, I think this is more of a two or three year deal where they, they then, uh, then reevaluate and see, all right, what are the next steps now? Cause we're not seeing the results or shit, this is working. Yeah. Again, I think you're definitely more of a, a rationalist James Franklin fan than I am definitely more optimistic i see you going all all four 10 years or all 10 years excuse me yeah um but i just wanted to lay out where franklin sits currently with this new seven million per year contract in the turn in the scheme of college football head coaches so number one is obviously nick saban alabama 9.75 million number two recently fired Ed Orgeron from LSU, $9.01 million. Go that, buy, that buyout was uh, $17 million. Oh, so my God, man. He's living large. Yeah. Number three, surprisingly, David Shaw from Stanford, $8.92 million per year. Four, Dabo Sweeney, Clemson, $8.37. Five, Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma, uh, $7.67. Another recently fired head coach, Dan Mullen, Florida, 7.57. And then Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M, 7.5. So he would be sitting right around eighth. Um, Kirby Smart's currently making 7.13 this year. So he'd be right above Kirby. And surprisingly, Ryan Day is making only, only, Jesus, (laughs) $6.61 million per year. So he's, I think, might be due for a big old paycheck if Ohio State keep think, keeps things out the way they are. Yeah, and the, the big difference or that stands out to me is of those coaches that you mentioned, all of them. So here, here's what you don't want. You don't want a David Shaw scenario. He had his, his prime couple years there. Or no, I'm sorry. It was it was Harbaugh there. I think when Andrew Luck was there, but uh, Stanford they had they yeah, had yeah. their they crossed they had their over, rise. Right, so Shaw's had a couple good years, but over the last few years, just mediocrity in the Pac-12. That's where you don't want this deal to go because every other coaching name there, if I'm not mistaken, I think has a national title. 
Saban, obviously. Orgeron's got one. Jimbo's got one. Oklahoma? Okay, not Lincoln Riley, but Lincoln Riley's been there. They've been to the playoffs. I mean, he's they've, got, yeah. they've gotten in. So that's not only that, but producing first round producing, pick after yeah, first round pick quarterback. Yeah, so. Top talent and consistently there in the conversation, which we are. Penn State's mm-hmm. been there, but they haven't gotten over the hump. So you'd like to see Franklin with his name being up in the with those other names, is being in a spot where he's among the in the conversation with those other guys getting in the playoff. You don't want a David Shaw scenario where it's why is this guy making so much money? You haven't seen the results. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really hoping that's where the, the rest of the kind of contract slash whole deal will come out where we're going to uncover that the assistants are going to be paid a lot more Mm -hmm. and we're going to see a lot of development, a lot of new things, hopefully. Um, Let's get right into the Rutgers game. Uh, who would you say is your one name all game, Mr. Barron? Well, first of all, really, really big time show out. So I know we were saying we weren't sure how this game was going to turn out with the season had gone, but some weird, weird injuries popping up. Everyone, it seemed like we were injuries down to our last man. Whatever you want to call it. I think it was a total of maybe 35 players that were either questionable or definitively inactive for this game. So a lot of the players touched on after the game. And even Franklin mentioned that, a lot of us on the outside didn't really truly know the adversity that they went through this week. So, you know, take that how you want. But overall, you get a, another shutout, second of the year in the Big Ten. You had shut out Indiana previously. Now you come in at home, shut out Rutgers. So, sorry to interrupt you. Struggling. Rutgers. That is another reason why I love Franklin, just as what yeah. he said right there. He had everybody in the locker room buying in, no matter how many guys they had. They went out there and shut him out 28 nothing. Yeah, that's kind of why I'm a Franklin optimist, maybe to a fault. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they trotted out Clifford, you know, there to start. And I guess he was one of the injury bug bitten players. So he came out pretty quick. But uh, my my one name all game, uh, it's got to be the freshman QB, Christian Veyu. Yeah, man. Bullis. Right in. Bullis school, baby. Took over second string quarterback duties from Roberson after that abysmal Iowa game. And again, you get you start to get back into the what ifs. What if we put in Bayou in Iowa City? How or if we started him against Illinois? But that's I was hearing that, but like there. you don't know if he wasn't even close to being right. You don't. You don't. And the, yeah, that's just the what if. Game he could have been played. puking his brains out on the other side yeah. of the bench, like, "Yo, Christian, you're in." He's like, "I'm I can't do it." <laughs> like, all right, Taquan, you got to go in now. It's like, all right, that's that's the situation. <laughs> But yeah, and I think I think Franklin's comments were over the course of the season. He's won that number two job. He wasn't there during, at that point in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, take that how it is. But but he really stepped up, man. He came in and that offense flowed. Yeah. Um, and there wasn't much of a difference other than the the QB change. Yeah. Uh, one other big change of note, though, they did. Uh, I guess they said it was injury bug written, but they took out Caden Wallace and plugged in the big six foot six. True freshman hog Molly landed Tangwall, baby. How about it? How about it? Yeah. He not only filled in in one of the toughest offensive line positions at left tackle, but he made a difference, dude. He yeah. was, he was, uh, you know, he creating some time for value back there and also making a little bit of a difference in the run game. And you, uh, I so- believe you mentioned him a couple podcasts ago as someone to put, like, as we're looking forward to potentially put in yeah. at that, at that spot and see how he does. And guess what happens? He showed out, man. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, value, man. Three three touchdown, three passing touchdowns. 
uh, one to another uh, fellow Canadian true freshman Malik Mega. So the young guys, young guys showed out on senior day. Young it Canadians. Was a really good team win. The Canadians. Canadian uh, Revolution. You got out there. You got Bayou. You got Mega. Uh, but it, it was a good win. And it was nice to see a true freshman step in and really show how that offense can click. Uh, and it, it boils back to the, the hope that we have with Aller coming in next year. You got Clifford yeah. with what he's been able to do. You got Bayou, who true freshman just thrown into the mix. And you're talking about a five-star number one QB with a whole offseason, early enrollee coming in in January, learning this offense, spring ball, fall camp. And uh, it's just continue to give you hope that this offense can truly be special with, uh, with some real talent back there. Yeah, and I'm going to continue with the theme of youth and looking forward to next year. Uh, I'm going to give mine. I'm going to split it. Uh, um, but the one's going to go to Parker Washington. I believe me or you had him as our breakout for this year, maybe a year early, um, but he looks primed and ready to go, potentially fill in for that huge hole that Dotson's going to end up leaving. Nine targets this week, six catches, 72 yards, that 17-yard touchdown. He had 42 of those 72 receiving yards come after the catch, and he was two for two on contested catches. So kind of showing some range to his game now where he's not only making guys miss in the open field, he's, come, he's becoming more of a prolific route runner, learning the route tree, adding more to it, and being able to high point the ball much better than he has his entire college career, I would say. Mm-hmm. And then my second has got to go completely contradictory to the name, one name, all game. If you hear the one name, all game, you'd say he had an awful game. But this guy has not had an awful game pretty much this entire season, I would say. Uh, so he's played every single snap this season, going from center to right guard. I'm sure you can guess who it is, my man. Juice Scruggs, and in almost 500 block pass block attempts, he's yet to allow a single sack this entire season and only committed four penalties in 12 games. That's just – I am I was shocked that he was actually omitted from the uh, Atlant Trophy. Playing, playing multiple positions, mind you. Right? I mean, the Atlant Trophy, is, it is offense and defense. Um, Tyler Linderbaum was one of the finalists. Uh, Jordan Davis, that beast from Georgia, was another finalist. But if he can stay another year, he would be an absolute anchor to that offensive line. And like we preach every week, the way to win the Big Ten is in the trenches. Yep. So if we can get Parker Washington and him back next year, I think that's a little one-two combo that I can kind of hang my hat on and be like, all right, it's not all, all going to be gloom and doom next year. <laughs> uh, I know you're talking about the Outland Trophy. Do we do we talk about maybe the biggest snub? Of the Blitnikoff, dude. Dotson being left off the finalist. <laughs> not, only the, not only that, no Ohio State receivers were on there either. No. They're going they to have two go in the first round pretty much. Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are going to go in the first round, both snubbed. Yeah, what was it? I think it was Addison from Pitt, Jamison Williams from Bama. And And the uh, kid from Purdue. Yeah, Bell. David Bell. Uh, 
But I guess with the Hase, it's kind of the tragedy of the commons where we got three great wide receivers. But Dotson, man, we had it out on our Twitter. There's a whole montage, just Mm -hmm. insane plays that that kid made this season. It's that's an absolute shame. Yeah. But speaking of the Atlanta Trophy, the uh, which is the best interior lineman on both sides of the ball in college football, what year? It's pre-1975. What year do you think was the first year uh, that a Penn Stater ever won that? It's the only year. When did they start giving out the award? <laughs> I'm going to guess 1935 or something like that. I was going to say gotta, it's got to be back. You got like a 40-year uh, gap. Probably before they were wearing helmets. Uh, <laughs> yeah, leather for sure. I'll go with... I got a cool story about this guy, so that's why I want to. I wanted to ask you first. I'm going to say 1962. Close. 1969. Oh. It went to defensive tackle Mike Reed. Okay. Who won the Maxwell Award for best all-around football player in the nation. And that year, 1969, summer summer 69, he uh, finished fifth in the Heisman button as a defensive tackle. Became a two-time Pro Bowler. With the Bengals, first team all pro twice as well, before he unfortunately had to retire because of knee and hand injuries. And then he focused on his music career and he's actually a country musician or became a country musician after yeah, a football career. How about that? That's not, man. Right? Last Penn State to win the Atlanta Trophy. Oh, you can tell that Thanksgiving. There you go. Free free tail until your uh your turkey turkey time trivia. Yeah. As the tensions get high, just break that out to your uncle. Um let's just keep rolling on this trivia train. Oh, okay. I believe I'm I'm two and two in trivia. You were three and one. That makes sense, right? Yeah. So Basically, I have to stump you this week or else I'm pretty much screwed because we only have two more episodes of trivia left. So this one, I went, I'm not sure if you're going to get it right away or if this is going to be a tough one, but here we go. Roll the trivia music. Actually, end the trivia music. Question is, this Penn State cornerback was also named a Jim Thorpe semifinalist two straight years from 2004 to 2005 with eight interceptions and two forced fumbles in that span. But like Jaquan Brisker, was snubbed as one of the three finalists both years. Who is this cornerback? And just for some little fun information while you think, 2004, Carlos Rogers from Auburn won the Jim Thorpe Award Best Defense Back. And 2005, Derek Strait from Oklahoma won the Jim Thorpe Award. 2004, 2005. All right, so I got one name that comes to mind right away. What are my lifelines left? Do I just have phone of him? Uh, I think so. Yeah. You haven't used it yet. 2004, 2005. No, I think you actually did. You, yeah, I think you did use that. 
What the hint? No, the 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 phone friend. I don't think right? so. I think I, I don't I haven't caught it. Oh no, that was Reed. That was Reed. Yeah, that was Reed. That comes. All right, two thousand four, two thousand five. Let me get a hint ready. All right. Here it is. Yeah, I already use it. I'm going to go with... One the phone. You can do it. Nah, I think I got this one. Is it Alan Zemitis? Ding, ding, ding. Correct. Oh! It's very good. Very Let's go, baby. good. I thought that was going to be a tough one. Um, yeah, he, despite having that tragic car accident in 2003, mm-hmm. ended up having a phenomenal Penn State career also um, current uh I'm not sure his exact position but I think recruiting director with with the with the team now is he really I believe so yeah is he really that's amazing good friend um but yeah good for you too <laughs> you just beat me officially <laughs> four to one I mean I'm just gonna we'll do one next week just for pride's sake so i can go three and two and say i lost by one on penn state 2000 to 2010 trivia actually i came in second reed technically came in last yeah that ridiculous of a question (laughs) um so right up next we're gonna preview the final game of penn state's regular season number seven michigan state sparty and then we will look forward to potentially some of the bowl games that we might be in and who we might face right after this. No commercial. It is the final week of the 2021 Penn State regular season. We've come a long way. And we are facing number 12, excuse me for saying number seven earlier, number 12, Michigan State Spartans, who had at one point one of the top uh favorites for the Heisman. But after Ohio State held them to, I think, what was it? Like 32 yards, something like that? Yeah, and seven 16 points. carries or something like that? Yeah, destroyed him. He's now a long shot at like plus 1,200. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone knows Michigan State at this point with that beast of a running back. Got to stop Kent Walker. If you do that, you got Peyton Thorne behind center it's obvious when the running game isn't going well he's not entirely himself can't make all the reads if you get pressure on him he starts to fold not the greatest not the greatest scrambler um but he does have a pretty reliable wide out that i'm a little concerned with even though our secondary is the best of the big 10 still Jaden reed he's six foot 185 He's gone over 100 yards three times, so he's not only a great route runner, he high points the ball really well and can break tackles downfield like none other. Um, To their offensive line real quick, very stout. They've only allowed 12 sacks on the year uh, with their leaders being J.D. Duplin, who is four guard, 305 pounds. And their tackle, AJ Arcur Curry, AJ Curry, six seven three twenty. So these are the kind of linemen that we're looking for. 
<laughs> down the line. These, this is who I want. Um, so, yeah, they're a formidable force again. My key to the game, real quick, off that offensive line is going to have to be Derek Tangelo. He's going to have to prove himself once again. He's been doing it every single week, showing showing up every single week in the run game, pass rushing. But this time is going to have to be a big, big test against Kenneth Walker and that big, big behemoth of an offensive line that Michigan State's about to trot out. And question for you, I know this might sound stupid, but do you think there's a chance uh, – VU might be the starter next week, or is it going to go back to old Shawnee Clifford? I mean, you always look at riding the hot hand, but I think with Franklin, I think there is a huge sense of loyalty to his guy, Clifford. Mm-hmm. Kind of what we were talking about with Kane. Yeah. Uh, I think especially with with all the circumstances being where this could this could very well could be Clifford's last regular season game. Yep. Uh, in a Penn State uniform, obviously you get the bowl game coming up. Um, I don't see a world unless something's physically uh, not enabling Clifford to play. I think he's out there at least to start. Um, it would be nice to be in a spot where you could continue to, to see what you have in value. Um, I think you're in a spot now where I think Taquan Roberson, he's probably looking elsewhere this off season. Especially with uh obviously Aller and also Bo Perbula uh, coming in. Um but it, it's it's nice it would be nice to have some depth because yeah you got a couple true freshmen coming in next year but um it's not a guarantee that they can take the reins and get off and running. Um and so it's I nice know. to see what you have with Vayu uh knowing that Clifford there's always that uh, that chance that he could come back. Mm-hmm. It's 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 one of those things where you want to just rip the band bandaid off and move on, but you're also looking at man, if Aller comes in and he's not ready, you have a what a fucking twenty four year old quarterback who can be your starter. Yeah, for uh, at but, least a little bit. Yeah. But to answer your question, I think Clifford starts this game at least takes that first snap, and depending yeah. on how he's feeling, how things go, I think he he rides it out. That definitely makes sense. And, I mean, Ohio State's another animal when it comes to offense, but this Michigan State defense just let up 56 points. So, what the hell is their deal? Yeah, uh, for sure. Didn't really have a lot to show for, uh, let alone their offense not being able to put up points, but being able to stop the Ohio State offense, which is extremely potent. Um, But, you know, especially you saw it last week with Bayou, but our offense is pretty potent as well. So, hoping to continue to that trend and put up numbers against them. Uh, for the, for the defense, a uh, couple standouts, you got Quaveras Crouch at linebacker. Um, he's their main, uh, Sounds like a quid- <laughs> Quidditch player. <laughs> I know, right? Crouch, uh, riding the Nimbus 3000, uh, <laughs> yeah. playing a uh, name. They got a, a strong secondary at the, at the tail end at safety. You got Darius Snow, Xavier Henderson, um, leading the charge, uh, sophomore and a senior, uh, and then DNs, both of their DNs with five and a half sacks apiece. Uh, Jeff Piotrowski and Jakob Penasuk or Penasiak. Um, but so another test there for the offensive line. Um, you know, it's not talked a lot about or got, gotten a lot of publicity, but it's a rivalry game. 
battle for the land grant trophy. I was about to say one of the coolest trophies, I think. To be honest. Yeah, it's a cool trophy. Uh, cool should probably trophy. should probably have a uh, duffel bag of cash around it, given Franklin's new deal and Mel Tucker's new deal that he just inked as well. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Seriously. Both head coaches get whoever gets that does the breaking bad gift roll. <laughs> I know. Right? Lying down in the bed. Uh but yeah, a lot riding on this game. Uh Penn State, you had a chance to finish finish a regular season on a high note at a eight, eight and four. four. Yep. Eight and four. Uh, a, above State. 500 in the Big Ten. Yeah, which would be huge. Uh Michigan State, a lot riding on it. Uh you obviously had the blowout last week uh after the strong season so you don't want to go down uh on the, finish the season on that downward spiral yeah so a lot riding on this game for both teams and uh i think the line opened with penn state favored i'm looking at penn state minus road. one right now yeah so pretty close to a pick i'm on the road uh against a number 12 team number 12 yeah sketch so line sketch line man so Hoping that whatever that flu bug was has gone away. And yeah. we got a lot of guys, hopefully you can only hope, you know, looking at the optimistic point of view with an extra week off, maybe they're, they're ready to go last game of the year. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, look to see that offense kind of thread the needle against this defense. Um, I don't think it's, it's not a defense like you saw with Michigan coming off the edge with Ojabo and Hutchinson. Um, obviously not what you saw with Rucker. So uh, hoping to continue to put up some points here. I think another key to my game is uh, Kevon Lee, honestly. Um, loving, since we talked about it like a couple weeks ago, how he's been getting more touches, more involved in the game plan. I love his running style. I think he's the uh, the back of, back of the future for the next year at least. Mm-hmm. Um, one last thing about this game. I'm trying – I'm looking at bold projections, staying away from the pinstripe bowl as much as I can. So I'm just like creating a list of all the possible scenarios where we can avoid that. So if we win this game, that might sound crazy because the committee is just corrupt or whatever you want to call them. might sound like the uh, flight watchers right now, but um, right now they're projected the Citrus Bowl in Orlando. Shout out to – Book of Mormon, Orlando. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's where I want to go. Orlando. Bring me there. That's my shining city that I'm gazing towards. I need it. I need it. I need it. But they have the Citrus Bowl in Orlando. Texas A&M versus Iowa or Michigan State. I know Iowa beat us. Bad loss. But if we beat Michigan State, do you think there's any possibility that we can go to Orlando. I think there's a chance. I don't know all the, because uh, most of these bowl games have, you know, it's a third or fourth place Big Ten team versus such and such SEC team. Um, Very, yeah. I think, there, I think there would be something riding potentially in that Ohio State Michigan game, depending on how that one turns out. Um, and then maybe even the Wisconsin game. Um, so I think, I think they probably need some help, but I think a win can go a long way. Yeah, this bowl would be nice, man. Last time we were there, we we got bounced by uh, Kentucky, so it'd be a nice little citrus revenge. Yeah, and maybe come away with that trophy this year. Could be the Book of Mormon come through me, but I just I'm, I feel I feel destined for Orlando. Um, <laughs> the other two I was looking at were the Gator Bowl, 
mm-hmm. um, and which is on December 31st, New Year's Eve, or the Music City Bowl on December 30th. Mm-hmm. And two opponents that we could possibly face in that game are Missouri and Arkansas. And I've always said, no matter what bowl we make, I kind of want to face an SEC team yeah. just to continue on the recruiting trend of Franklin's here 10 years. We're 3Xing the amount of money we're putting into our facilities, yeah. paying assistant coaches. Now watch us kick this SEC team's ass mm-hmm. in a bowl game. I think my draw there, I would, I'd like to play Arkansas. Um, I think it's a, that's a tough football team. They just played Alabama pretty tough. Uh, yeah. Missouri had the win over – it was a struggling Florida team, and they got a star running back in uh, Beatty. Mm-hmm. I think up there for the the Doak Walker Award. Um, but I think Arkansas would be a, a pretty cool matchup there. Yeah, KJ Cunningham's definitely tough QB. Yeah. Tough QB. So with that, we will move on to – can't believe it's already here – the final week of the Big Ten betting bonanza with a little twist that I'll catch after the break. I'm actually going to go professor for this one. Oh. <laughs> All right, ready? And here we are, 12 weeks later, the final week of the Big Ten betting bonanza. As it stands, I currently have 24 points on and Mr. Barron currently has 21 points. However, our records are entirely different. He's 23 and 12 with his picks. I'm 19 and 17. But because of my money line bets, I've accrued more points. However, I'm 52% on the season. I just looked it up. Professional gambler, you got to go 55% on the year to be considered a pro. Hence the glasses, hence the lab work. I'm trying to be a professional gambler by the end of this year. That's all I care about. All I care about. And winning the competition over you, of course. Yeah, of course. But you've cemented you're above 55% pretty much by middle of the season, I would say. I've been coasting. I'm skipping class these last few weeks. (laughs) (laughs) So just to go over uh, last week, Dave had the over in the Ohio State-Michigan State game. Sadly, Ohio State could not cover that by themselves. <laughs> he stole my paddle and took the Golden Gophers, who got him the win by smashing Indiana. Woo! And then we were both – he took Maryland full game. I took Maryland first half. We were both just so off on that one. I think I'm starting to give my curse to you where you just have one just – that that's just is yeah. even close to hitting from the get-go. <laughs> um, on my side, like I said, Maryland first half was a loss. Purdue minus eleven coming through, mm. big win for me. And then the Jokers of the Big Ten, Illinois keeping it close all game, plus thirteen spread. They lost by ten points. Exactly oh, what yeah. Jokers do. <laughs> so that put me on. For two and one in the week, I am now up 24 to 21 on Mr. Barron into the final week. However, during the Big Ten Championship, whatever the score is, however it 
pans out after this week, we're going to do something to uh, to make it a little interesting to end the year because it's been neck and neck all year long. Mm-hmm. So with that, I'm going to go first, actually, here. You do the honor. You take the honor. I'm, uh, yeah, I, I need to get my lab, my lab brain out right now. So I'm going starting Friday, Iowa, Nebraska. Iowa's a fake team. They got they're the fake ID team. I've hated them all year. They're number 16, and it's somehow a pick them pretty much game. If you look at the Nebraska money line, it's only plus 100. So you're not even getting that much juice if you take their money line. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I'm going to do it anyway. I don't expect three points for it. I'll take one point for this because I'm that confident in it. Iowa sucks. I'll say that's the day I die. Put it on my gravestone. <laughs> this is my bet. Nebraska. Money line over Iowa one final time. See a Hawkeyes never. Ooh, put them in the dirt. Hate them. Always will. Fuck them. Fuck them. All right. Uh, my first pick. I am going to the the game. Michigan Ohio State. So last we, week, I was also going to say a rule should be we both should have to pick. That's like a part of the game i'll see if i'm on the same side as you but okay we'll see so i'll go to the game uh ohio state burmy last week or really michigan state burmy by not being able to put up any fucking points so i am going to go with the under in this game i like i like the pressure or or anticipating pressure coming off the edge from ajabo and hutchinson Mm-hmm. To keep kind of keep Stroud in check. I don't think he'll have the kind of time that he had against Michigan State. I think, uh, I th- yeah, I think this one stays the under. I got it at 64 and a half. Um, so I think, I think it fall, I think it's a defense, a little bit of a defensive bout, um, somewhere in the high 20s, maybe low, low, low 30s, like a 30 to 28 type game. I just thought of a way where I could either ice you out completely or have tie up and just pick the opposite of whatever you pick. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not going to do that. (laughs) So for this game, not going to touch the total, but I like what you said about the Michigan defense kind of putting Stroud, maybe getting rattled early. They're on the road. Big house is going to be going freaking nuts. I don't think I've won a first half bet in a couple weeks now, but I'm going to roll the dice. One more time, I'm doing Michigan first half plus four and a half. Oh, plus four and a half, just a field goal, just a field goal. 14 10, maybe that's all I need. First one of them's got to hit, man. One of them's got to hit. Make some noise, please, please, for me. I feel like I haven't hit one of these in maybe all year. <laughs> no, I definitely hit one, but yeah, I think you first time I'll ever ask Michigan to make some noise. What you got right. for your second? Second pick, I am sticking with what's working. So the Hoosiers are just a bad football team. And I think Purdue, they've had some pretty cool highlights of this season. I think they finished the season strong. Uh, I got Purdue minus 15 against the Hoosiers. I like the bet a lot. It's uh, one of those games where team seasons go in completely different directions. End of the year the team with kind of like the higher morale, higher enthusiasm. I think they're going to spank them. Yeah. That's a great call. I'm definitely going to put them on my private ticket. Mm-hmm. 
Um, my last bet. Did you see the new uh, Robert Pattinson Batman trailer? I haven't. It doesn't star the Joker. It stars the Riddler. But I'm going back with my Jokers of Illinois. <laughs> Not only because they covered for me last week, but because I think there's some kind of camaraderie with Bilima in that locker room where they're fighting for him every single week. Northwestern, like I just said, different path. Yeah, Teams going in different directions. Illinois, minus six and a half at home over Northwestern. Book it. Joker Ooh. season. Bye, I, I like it. Bye, touchdown. <laughs> oh, man. So, are you going to go with a, a little money line action, a little something crazy to, uh, to upset me in this last week, or are you just going to play it safe until the Big Ten Championship? I think, I think I'm going to play it. I don't know if this is a play it safe pick, but uh, I got to do it, man. I'm Ryan. Nits money line against Michigan State. Boom! Boom. Give it to That's, me. I'll give that. I'll give you a plus three for that for sure. All righty, man. Wait, money line. Wait, they're they're minus one. Yeah, they're minus one. Yeah, not the plus three. So, so that'll be that would just be a plus one. But I'm confident in my picks. I'm gonna go three and zero, and still be in be in the in the in the bout for uh, yeah. None none of our picks overlap, so that there's a very good chance we could be tied. Yeah. Heading into the Big Ten Championship, which would Woo! be absolutely epic. Uh, if not, we're obviously going to think of a way to make it fun yeah. and exciting and a f- thrilling finale to the first annual Big Ten betting bonanza. That will do it for episode number 13. How about it? 13 episodes of Whiteout Weekly. Thank you guys once again so much for listening to us coming here watching to watching us wherever you are uh we sincerely appreciate it and you better believe we're gonna be back and better than ever next year we got more content coming out for this year so watch out for that thank you guys love you guys